Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Shall we do yoga? We could chat and have tea. <laughs> Let's do yoga. We do yoga? Is there anyone new to this class? I just met Mark. He's new. Connie's new to this class. Anybody else new to the class? No? Well, uh, welcome. These two are new. Yeah. Welcome, everyone. Um, if you could turn to your neighbor and say hello, introduce yourself, or reintroduce yourself if you came with your neighbor. Oh, good morning, man. I feel like I haven't seen you in ages. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So, um, my name is Ashley Sharp, and I'll be taking us on our yoga and dharma uh, journey this morning. We do about an hour of yoga, and then we'll do a half hour of meditation, and then I have a talk for us. Um, There's no formal restroom breaks, or you're welcome to go at any time. Um, But if you could, please avoid leaving the room during the meditation. But any other time, it's fine. If you need to leave, it's no big deal. Um, I think that's all. Oh, I have a poem. I just opened this book. I have a Mary Oliver poem for us later, but I just was, somebody was commenting and I opened the book randomly and found this just and thought it was really nice. So I'm going to read it to you. Um, It's called, uh, Where Are You? Where are you? Do you know that the heart has a dungeon? Bring light, bring light. Let's do that, right? Let's bring light. Um, So I will join you. Find a seat. Maybe fine-tune your posture. Let's bring light today. And then in general, the instructions for today's practice, um, the instructions are to just notice what it's like to be here. So not your thoughts about what it's like to be here, but what it is right now in this moment. Like, you could do this right now. Like, oh, it's like the temperature's like this, and my body's like this. And what is, like, the alive? Not your thoughts about it. I should be doing a better yoga pose. But what is it actually like? We can be like little scientists investigating our experience this morning. So um, let's pull the shoulders up. Just squeeze them up. It can get pretty tight. Shoulders, especially if you're smart, your head's very heavy. All right, and let the shoulders come down. And move your jaw. And then take a big breath, breathing in all the way up, filling up, and then breathing out. Relax your hands. And then just a pause for a moment. Put aside your cares, your concerns for just half a moment. And sense what it's like to sit here, present. 
So there's a kind of fullness And it might be imperfect, but that's okay, because everything is imperfect, perfectly imperfect, this moment. And then let your spine float a little bit longer. The spine floats a little bit longer, and invite your shoulders to melt just a little bit more. And let your hands rest. And two breaths. Breathe in. Know that you're breathing in. Not conceptually, but in this felt sense. So may this practice this morning be... Uh, to your highest good, may it serve you so that when you leave, you have more capacity to offer wisdom and compassion to the world, more capacity to meet the challenges of your life. And then bring one hand, palm down, onto the center of the chest in a gesture of care. And have a sense here, you might be able to feel the temperature of the hands, the actual contact of the hands meeting the chest, a sense of reassurance. Remembering that we practice yoga and meditation as a way to nourish and protect our hearts, our bodies. So we practice out of respect and care. And then bring your left hand. You can peek your eyes open if you get a little confused. Bring your left hand palms up like a shelf below your belly button. And your right hand rests also palms up in the left hand. And then the tips of the thumbs will touch. So here, this is the mudra of the Buddha. So we take our seats with dignity in the midst of this human experience with its joy and its sorrow. We take a seat, take a seat just like the Buddha did, and bear witness. Back your shoulders. Bless you. Bring your hands, palms together. Namaste, our prayer shape, Anjali Mudra, it's called. And here we'll chant the sound of um, Om. So Om is from the Hindu tradition. It's the sound of the sacred. It's said to be the beginning sound, the first sound, the sound of everything, the sound of us together as we come to practice. And we'll chant it just one time. Inhale. Now, next, tuck your chin, bring your thumbs to your forehead. And here there's a a sense of bowing down, bowing down to 
the body and its great strength and also its great vulnerability, both the tenderness of the body and the capacity of the body. It's this miraculous paradox as we enter into physical practice. Take a breath in and out. Take both arms up, hallelujah style. It's Friday, and we're going to do yoga. (laughs) Okay, and then turn your wrists. As your arms come down, turn your wrists, just like so. Oh, other direction. And then uh, interlace your fingers. Turn the palms forward and round your back backwards. Let your head drop. Ooh. Sense the space between your shoulder blades as you uh, stretch the arms forward. And then shift and press the arms to the right and center. And shift and press the arms to the left and center. Now, inhale both arms up. Exhale, cactus elbows. Pause here for a moment. Soften the jaw. Let's try that again. Inhale, arms up. Exhale, cactus elbows. Now, make sure your elbows are in line with your shoulders. They're not below. They're straight up, elbows in line with the shoulders. And pull the elbows back. They don't go very far back. Uh, That's fine. Just pull them back as far as they go and squeeze for a moment. Now, what happens to me, and it could happen to you, it could not, is somehow the chin starts to jut forward. Imagine or sense the back base of the skull floating backwards. Keep squeezing those arms back. There might be some heat or sensation rising. You just note that. One more breath. Pull the arms together. Let those arms squeeze towards each other. Mm-hmm. And then let the hands come down. Shoulders up. Inhale. Breathe out your mouth. Okay, both arms up. Inhale. And let's exhale. Place the right hand on the floor. Let the head turn down. The gaze turns down. And tug those top fingers up a bit. Gaze is definitely down. And when you take an inhale, you might notice the sensation in those left ribs. There'll be a sense of stretch or tightness, perhaps. Okay, let's come on up, both hands down on your lap, pause, and sense the left side. Just unstick your lips. Both arms up, inhale, and then bring your left hand down, look down. You can even put a little weight on that bottom hand, pull the top fingers up, 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 up. Relax your neck as best you can. And then here, as you breathe, notice that the ribs are stretched a bit on the right side. So the in-breath in particular, as you fill those lungs, might bring more sensation. Okay, come on back. Both hands down. Pause. Sense the right side of the body. Okay, let's bring the hands up and just give them an up and down flap. I think we did this last week. 
and it made you laugh, so we have to do it again. <laughs> All right, and then try side to side. Side to side. This is for your wrists. Okay, now try right hand up and down, left hand side to side. Oh. <laughs> okay, left hand up and down, right hand. Oh, my, this one's harder for me. <laughs> this one's easier for you. <laughs> Do you feel smart? You look smart. <laughs> All right, shake them out. Okay, so uh, come on to your hands and knees. I think it would be a good time. And it's really lovely. I, um, I don't insist because I don't like to insist on anything, but it would be really nice to put a cushion under your knees, either the um, square cushion or blanket, just because your knees, even if you don't feel pain now, uh, over time, standing on the knees uh, can be a little hard on the knees. So you get something under your knees. Perfect. Perfect. And then step your hands one handprint further forward. So they're not under your shoulders. They're actually further forward. And then just shift your weight front to back, exploring sensation here, weight shifting front to back. Um, you might notice as you go back, there could be a stretch in your back, or maybe for you, as you go forward, the weight bearing is interesting. So just noticing like little yoga scientists, what you're feeling from the inside. So not conceptualizing yoga, actually engaging for those of you that would like more arm strength challenge as you come forward you could bend the elbows a little bit now if your wrists are tender you wouldn't do that but if you wanted more upper body weight bearing strength you could bend the elbows a bit as you come forward okay and then let's curl the toes under And shift your weight back. You're not going to get all the way to child's pose because your toes are curled under. I was just hoping for you to stretch your feet a little bit. Drop your head. And take a big breath. If this feels fairly easy in your feet, meaning if it doesn't feel like your toes are going to break off, um, you could pull your inner ankles a little bit towards each other. So when I say a little bit, it's like quarter inch, eighth inch, just inner ankles shifting a tiny bit towards each other. Okay, come back up to hands and knees. Bring your, you can uncurl your toes, bring your right hand to the midline. Take your left hand up high. Uh, Keep your left hand up high, look down, and reach that hand up a little higher behind you. So you're looking down but you're reaching behind you. And then thread the needle. Slide the arm under and get your left shoulder on the floor and maybe even your head, depending on your body. Leaning into the space behind the left shoulder blade. You could try shifting a little bit of weight onto the left knee. Do relax your face. Uh Come back up to hands and knees. 
Bring your left hand right to the midline. And take your right arm up high. Keep your right arm high, reaching up to that impossibly high ceiling. But look down and reach up a little higher as if you could touch that impossibly high ceiling behind you. And then thread the needle, tuck that right shoulder under. If your head had a corner, the back right corner of your head, it would be on the floor. Uh Uh, Spreading the space between or stretching into the space or leaning into the space behind the right shoulder blade. Uh, Maybe a little bit more weight onto the right knee. Lots of breathing, oxygenating the whole system today. Just letting your body refresh itself with the breath. You know, the breath has uh, nutrients for you, has oxygen, has what we need. Okay, come on up to hands and knees. And then half dog or puppy dog, both hands way forward, forehead on the floor. Mm. Okay. What happens for you if you shift your hips over to the right? Draw back away from the left hand just a little bit. Relax the sides of the neck again. Invite your mind to rest with the sensations arising in your body. Let's bring the hips to the center and over to the left. Leaning the hips back and away from the right hand. The right hand will be stuck to the floor or the mat, sort of like the bottom of a snail. You draw back. Okay, hips to the center. Take one full breath here. Come up to hands and knees. Curl the toes under. Here we go. Downward facing dog. Take your tushy high and see how that's going today. Uh, Take a little walk in place. Why not? Just stretching through the back of the feet the base of the toes, the calf muscles, back of the leg. Uh Yeah. Good. Good. Okay, shift forward to plank pose like you were going to do a push-up. If you have tender wrists, do this next part on your elbows. So you could be on your hands or you could be on your elbows. Big breath in. Exhale, head back up into downward dog. Take your tushy high. Mm -hmm. Big breath in. Exhale forward to plank pose. Uh Big breath in. And exhale, downward dog. Good. Let's walk the feet right on over that cushion, whatever you got. Nobody said it had to be graceful. Walk your feet to the top of the mat. Hands come to your hips. And up you come. Oh, all right, it's Friday. We made it to standing. Put both arms up in the air. Take a hold of the right wrist and give that arm a pull. And switch. Take a hold of the left wrist. Give that arm a pull. And let both arms come down. And we'll take a two-second pause where I refrain from giving you instruction.
just pause. Let's turn to the right side of the room so we can face the windows. Um, Move the cushion off the mat and then take the feet. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Welcome. Take your feet nice and wide. Okay. Inhale the arms up. Exhale, arms down. So this is very simple. You'll do this like a moving meditation practice. Inhale. And exhale. Okay, I'm not even going to call it off. Do two or three more of these. Uh, Noticing the arms moving, the breath. Let yourself... Be as deeply involved as possible. If you're feeling distracted, how about being 100% distracted? Why not? Do you know what I mean? Right? Like, okay. So finish the one you're on. Take your hands behind you, interlace the fingers, pull those knuckles back, and then you can turn your head side to side. Maybe the heels of the hands come together, but you might need to come back next week. If the heels of the hands don't come together today, it's no worry. I'll be here next week. Okay. Unclasp the hands and forward fold. Down, down. Down you go. And then uh, once your hands are on the floor, if the floor is far away, get arm extensor in the form of a cushion so you can have... Yeah, if the floor is far away, you can have something under your hands. And uh, turn your head a little bit to the right. Good. And turn your head a bit to the left. Good. And head to the center. Hands to the hips. And come on up to standing. Let's keep the hands on the hips. Turn the right toes to the back of the room, to the right, and bend the right knee. Pull the elbows back, lift the chest, and that will help you lift the chin just a little bit. So elbow tips back towards each other, almost like the elbow tips behind you had a bungee cord connecting them. And then the side ribs under your armpits could lift up. Big breath. Now, push your left leg a lot into the floor behind you. Okay, straighten the right leg, turn the right toes in, and the left toes out. Bend the left knee. Pull the elbow tips towards each other, lift your side ribs under your armpits up, front ribs up, elbow tips back, tail dropping, jaw soft, and then push your right leg into the floor behind you a bit. Okay, come on up, turn your left toes forward, release your arms and bring your feet together. Inhale, arms up. Exhale, forward fold, bend your knees and go down. Right away, inhale, back up. This is kind of lickety-splickety. Exhale, forward fold, 
It's almost like you were trying to smooth out your movement, your energy, inhaling up. Nice and smooth and down, like oil pouring. Two more. When you go down, remember to bend your knees. And also when you go down, remember to drop your head. And our yoga party will meet upright with the arms down. Once you get there, pause. Pour the weight into your heels. And unlock the back of the knees. Um, And then I like to try this next thing. I was told, I thought it was maybe kind of true, that this next yoga exercise is like coffee for yogis. All right? We'll see. Okay, so the arm movements are like this. Forward, try this forward, out to the side, and up. And then we'll throw the arms back and breathe out the mouth. All right, so it's going to be much faster. And the breath is like you're sniffing, so it's... Okay, you got that? Okay, it's coffee, right? Coffee, yeah. It's just like it. Exactly like a double something. All right, here we go. Keep going. You can work at your own pace. Really throw it back. Was that two more or one more? Okay, what do you think? Coffee? Yeah. All right. Lightheaded anyway. (laughs) Okay, take your feet wide. Uh Turn your right toes to the right. Bend your right knee, arms out to the sides. And let's move with the breath like we do often. Inhale, straighten the leg, arms up. Exhale, bend the knee. Just two more or so. And you won't get um, demerits for forgetting to count. Something like that. Good. Okay. Good. Let the arms come down. Relax your neck and shoulders. Your jaw. Put your arms back out to the sides. And then today we're going to do the fingers where you have both fingers, the first finger and the middle finger pointing Um, the right hand forward, left hand back. Yeah, like pointing. And then you're going to turn your gaze and you're going to focus. Your minds are powerful. Yeah? It is. It really is. Focus like uh, yoga laser beams, right? Coming off your front two fingers. Like, like that. Yeah, focus. Right in laser beams of yoga, love and courage and strength. Mm. One more breath. Now keep your legs exactly just how they are. And side bend over. So left hand comes down towards your left leg. And the right arm will pull up. 
And here, notice how your right side is extended and your left side is compressed a bit. Okay, come on up. Bring your feet together. <sighs> okay, take your feet wide. Left toes go to the left, bend the left knee. Arms are out to the sides, and we have just like so. Inhale, left leg straighten, and exhale out. Uh-huh. Two more of these. Full, wholehearted participation. Did you all hear this quote from David White? He said, all right, so warrior two, and put just your arms down. I'll tell you in a second what he said. Put your arms down, move your shoulders, move your head, move your jaw. And then get your first two fingers and point them out and get your laser beam focus locked in on those left hands, those two fingers pointing you. There's a quote from David White where he says, often the cure for exhaustion is not more rest, it's wholeheartedness. Isn't that interesting? Wholeheartedness. And I take that to mean that when there's a couch potato feeling, wholehearted couch potato. Right? (laughs) One more breath. Okay. Side bend, right hand comes down towards the right leg, left arm lifts up. Mm -hmm. And notice here how the left side is extended, right side is compressed. Okay, come on up and bring your feet together. Okay, take your feet wide again. And then we'll try this one. So, um, still facing this way. Sorry, I just turned sideways so you could see. You're going to come down and take both arms way forward. Not to put weight on the hands, so the weight will stay on your feet, but the arms go as far forward as your arms will go today. If, uh, keep the weight on the feet, not so much weight on the hands. The arms might not go very far forward. Um, sides of the body nice and long. Good. Lots of weight on your feet, very little weight on your hands. Perfect. Big breath. Walk your hands around towards the right foot, in the direction of the right foot. Okay, now here, notice that the left side is extended and the right side is compressed. Okay, walk your hands far out to the center again, so towards the windows, and then over towards the left foot. Let your head curl around towards that left knee. And then here, you might notice how the right side is extended, and left side is a little shorter. Okay, hands back to the center, and then to your hips. Lift your head and come on up to standing and bring your feet together. Exhale, bend your knees, arms come forward. Inhale, stand up, arms come down. Exhale, bend your knees and inhale up. So a few of these, and again, smoothing out. Like if there was any uh, bumps in your, I'm going to say something very yogic, yogic, any bumps in your energy field, Smooth them out. 
with the movements, with the breath. Uh, That's not a literal instruction for you science people. It's poetic. Yeah? One more, and we'll stay. Okay, put the weight in your heels, and then bring your arms down back behind you. Palms facing each other, reaching back like you had a Superman or Superwoman cape on. Lift up your belly muscles. Uh-huh. See about, not with your hands, but with your butt, can you engage your tushy muscles a little bit? This will be light. Engage is the word, not clench. Right around your sits bones. One more breath. Okay, let's come up to standing. Inhale, arms up, and throw it back. And then come up. Okay. Feet wide. Turn your right toes to the right. Bend your right knee. Here's our pattern for this one. Take your right arm up. Side bend. So we're extending the right side. Now, keep the legs the same, but we'll extend the left side. Okay, so back and forth. Extending the right side. And then extending the left side. Now here as you extend the left side, when you come up, push the right foot into the floor to help you come up. Yeah, and you'll go back and forth a few more times, just like so. Back and forth. Uh, Connect to the actual feeling of doing the yoga. This is what you paid for. It's happening right now. So notice it. Sometimes my uh, thinking mind can block the experience. Has that happened to you before? Thinking mind blocks the experience? Um, And then our yoga party is going to meet with this left arm extended. You're going to have a right forearm on the right thigh. If you're feeling super strong and flexible, you could slide the right hand to the floor. Yeah. Uh, Top arms reaching. Lots of breathing like your life depended on it. Refresh yourself with the breath. Okay, now we're going to go super fancy because it's Friday. Take both hands to the floor, to the inside of the right foot. Lift your back heel up. So the toes stay down, but you lift the heel up. It rotates. Walk the right foot, inch it out to the right two inches. Uh Again, if the floor is far away, get a a cushion between your hands and the floor. And then do this thing where you pull your thigh bones into the hip socket and lift your belly muscles. Yeah, I've been to the floor. It's not more spiritual there. I checked it out. So cushions can help. Big breath. Lift your belly muscles. Okay, step back into downward dog. So the right foot steps back. Your hands are at the back of the mat. We've gone higgly-piggly, backward facing. Mm -hmm. If you have tender wrists, do this on your elbows. So back to that, respecting the body and its capacities. Let your neck release. Uh Big breath. 
Okay, knees to the floor, child's pose. So knees down, toes together. If child's pose doesn't work for you, you could lie on your belly. And sometimes if your bum is way up in the air, putting a cushion between your bum and the heels can be helpful. Sense the shape that your body's in. So the torso is over the thighs. Thighs are over the shins. There's breathing. Is it possible? And the answer can be no. Is it possible to refresh yourself with this breath? Walk your hands to the right. Hands walk to the right, so they might come off your mat even. And so here we have the left side extending. One full breath. Hands come back to the center and over to the other side. One full breath. Hands back to the center. And you'll come up to standing, and I'm not going to tell you how to stand up. I think you can figure that out yourself. Come all the way up to standing. Ooh la la. Yeah. And then turn and face this side of the room again. And uh, again, just pause. Feet together. Uh, Pour the weight into the heels. Soften the back of the knees. Take the feet wide. Turn your left toes to the left. Bend the left knee. And then side bend. Extend the uh, left side of the body. And then the other one, side bending, extending the right side of the body. Okay, to get up, push. Stomp that left foot into the floor. And you'll go side to side. Uh, Again, smoothing, soothing movements, side to side, keeping a sense of the feet connecting to the floor. I haven't seen anybody levitate, of course, but, um, but actually feeling your feet and legs on the floor. Well, not your legs, but your feet, but feel your legs, blah, blah, blah. You got it. And then our yoga party will meet with that right side extended. Take your time getting there if you just left the right side. But we'll meet with this right side extended. See how long you can make the right side? You could push the pinky toe edge of that right foot down and reach the right arm up. And the whole right side is stretching beyond your physical body in two directions. The breath is supporting you. Uh, nourishing and protecting yourself with the practice of yoga. Kind attention. Mm-hmm. Holding steady. Observing how the sensations change as you stay here. Now, both hands to the floor, both to the inside of the left foot, and let your back heel lift up so that 
toe stayed down, the foot rotates. And then inch your left foot two, three inches to the left. If the floor seems far away, you can get the cushion under your hands. Uh-huh. And then lift up your belly muscles to support your back in this pose. Good. Uh-huh. Check your jaw. See how it's doing. Try not to clench it. Okay. And then step back into downward dog. And if you have tender wrists, you can do downward dog on your elbows. Back into downward dog. Uh-huh. Deep breathing. Deep, deep breathing. Okay. Walk your feet up to your hands. Hands to your hips. Come on up to standing. Ah. All right. So uh, I'd like us to try a squat. I realize not everybody's knees do a squat. So you could do half squat like this, or some of you will be able to do full squats. Uh-huh. So I'm going to show half squat, but you might do full squat. So find a squat that you can hold. Honestly, this half squat, I think, takes more thigh power. We'll see. So half squat or full squat. Because everybody's knees are a little different. Yeah? And um, then take your left hand around and just touch the back of the right shoulder. Okay? And then see about squeezing that left... Uh, I'm sorry, that's the right shoulder to the inside of the knee. Mm-hmm. So you have the right side compressed. Okay, come back to the center. And touch the back of the left shoulder. And then you're going to put it to the inside of the knee. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, come back to the center. Come on up. Bring your feet together. Stand on your left foot. Pick up the right. Bring your left arm up. Side bend without falling over. Whoa, whoa. That's tricky. Okay, come on up. Stand on two feet, it's easier. Okay, pick up your left leg. Don't be in a rush to do the side bends, because you know what's coming next now. Always in a hurry. I don't know what's next, just right here. the right arm and then maybe side bend the worst is going to happen is you tip over a little bit in the scheme of things it's not too bad the mind will have opinions about falling over you say thank you for your opinion okay stand on two feet it's easier shoulders up inhale let it go okay right foot forward warrior one right foot forward Left foot back. Mm -hmm. 
If you find that this pinches your back, move your right foot more to the right. Okay. Bring your arms up. Uh, Cactus elbows. Inhale, arms up. Cactus elbows. Now, two more of these with your arms. As you exhale, straighten your back leg a lot. Like all the muscles could squeeze in on that left thigh bone. A lot. Okay, now, pull your elbows back. Keep straightening your back leg. Pull those elbows back. Uh, Check and make sure you're not jutting your head like a chicken. With the back of the head. You could even turn your head a little bit to help with this one. These muscles back here between your shoulder blades, if you spend a lot of time on a computer and the phone, they can get a little weak back here. So pull the elbows back. Ah. All right, let the arms come down. Step your back foot forward. And your front foot back, so right foot back. Inhale the arms up. Cactus elbows. Two or three more of these. Okay, now straighten your back leg a lot and pull those elbows back, 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 back. Keep lifting your side ribs up in your chest and uh, soften the jaw. Okay, let the arms come down. Step the back foot forward. Have the feet shoulder width. Forward fold. Down, down, down you go. Turn your head. No, 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 no. And then let your head come to stillness. And as if that head could hang from between your shoulder blades. Heads hanging from between the shoulder blades. If your back is tender, brace your elbows on your knees. And everybody let your head hang like a heavy piece of fruit, ripe and heavy. Backs of the knees soft. Okay. And then climb all the way down onto your belly. So you're going to stretch out on your belly. Ah. Yeah? How's the floor? Now, lift up the right leg, make it a little longer, and then put it down. Uh And then do the same with the left leg. Lift it up, make it a little longer, and put it down. And then shift your hands so that they're palms down under your shoulders. Uh, Have the heel of the hand in line with your nipples. Yeah. And then we're going to come up to a little cobra. I call it a cobrita. So... 
Shoulders will lift up and then the head. No weight in the hands. Shoulders will weight up, lift up and then the head. But the hands are light and this is strengthening the muscles along the back body. Your elbow tips like little chicken wings. Pull them back towards your heels. And then come on down. Tuck your chin. Let your forehead come down. Okay. And then again, lift your shoulders and let that lift your head up and you come up into your little cobra. For those of you that would like extra strengthening challenge, you could lift your legs up too. If you do this and you find that it pinches your back, please put your legs right back down. If your legs are on the floor, keep pressing your feet down. Okay, let's come down. Tuck your chin, foreheads down. Okay, one last time of these. So lift the shoulders, lift the head. Uh, maybe the feet come up. And then the last one, maybe the arms reach up towards the front of the room. Now, if you get here in this stranger back, it can happen that that's a strain in your back. Do you promise me to not strain your back? If it's straining your back, put your hands right back where they came so that you have uh, respect, nurture, and care for the body as you practice yoga. If your mind tells you it's a competition, say thank you for your opinion. <laughs> and then go back to doing what's best for your body. Come on down. Uh-huh. Push up to hands and knees just for a moment. We're not going to stay. But let your back round towards the ceiling. You might feel tender or good or tight. Just that back rounded, head dropping, shoulder blades spread. Okay, come to neutral. Uh-huh. We're going to try a squat again. So the toes might come under and you could shift back or you could come into half squat. Again, I'm going to show half squat, but you can do full squat. Mm-hmm. Back of the right shoulder to the inside of the knee. Right hand down, left hand high. Okay, come back to the center. Back of the left shoulder to the inside of the knee, left hand low, right hand high. Come back to the center and then sit on your bum. Is that too far away? It's padded. (laughs) Come on down. Bottoms of the feet touch. Lift up your chest. So sometimes we do this pose with the heels very close in. Let's not do that today. Have the feet forward a bit. Yeah. Good. Tip forward. And then while you're here... This might be fairly subtle, but see if you can sense the movements of the breath. You know how at the ocean, when the wave comes in and then it goes out, it leaves like this uh, wet pattern on the sand? Imagine that your breath were like the ocean and your body were like the sand. So sense that wet pattern in your body. 
Okay, let's come on up. Now, turn your feet on the floor, but they're not close in. They're pretty far. They're as far out as they can go in keeping the bottoms of the feet on the floor. And the feet will be shoulder width. Back of the right shoulder to the inside of the knee. And let's take the left hand up high. Yeah, so you have to have your feet wide so you can get your shoulder to the inside. Uh Okay, come back to center. Back of the left shoulder. I don't know which side we haven't done yet. Uh Uh-oh, ask for your money back. back to center. Now bring your feet quite a bit closer. Take your first two fingers, your peace fingers. We need peace a lot now, so use your peace fingers again like we did in the 60s, like we did. (laughs) Some of us. Okay, come on up. Any balance on your derriere? Okay, nobody said yoga wasn't awkward at times. If you're on the cushion, this will be harder on the cushion. But then if your tail is sensitive, then don't do it, because your tail is sensitive. But maybe... Oh, oh, you can come back next week. All right. You get brownie points for rolling backwards, <laughs> especially. Okay, and release. Extend your legs forward. Uh-huh, bend your right knee. Let's twist to the left. So twist to the left. Left hand goes behind you. Right hand twists. See if you can sense into your spine and sense the parts of your spine that are twisting and the parts of your spine that don't twist so much. Now, there's no reason, in fact, it's unhealthy to try and make the parts of your spine that aren't twisting. Don't try and make them twist. But just sense the spine. Maybe you could tell. Maybe you can't tell. Um, And that's okay, too. But I want you to notice the spine and notice what parts feel like they're twisting and what parts feel like they're not twisting. Don't try and fix it. It's fine. Just whatever's happening naturally is good. Okay, untwist, switch legs, right leg extends, left knee bends, and we'll twist around to the left. And again, sense into your spine and see what you can sense there as far as where's the twist happening. Don't try and fix it or change it. Just see what's actually here. Our minds can get exhausted always trying to fix things. Okay, let's untwist. Now, um, have your round cushion handy. And if you, have, uh, if you feel like you're a tight person or you feel like you have less flexibility, I realize that's subjective, but you can sit on the other cushion, the square cushion or the blanket. 
So maybe one cushion under the bum and the round cushion handy. And you'll take the right leg out on the diagonal. Now, this bent knee sometimes is problematic for people. Um, it causes some pain. If there's some pain in this knee, you can just stick the leg straight forward. Because I just have it bent here. It's, just, it's out of the way. We're not working with this side. But if it hurts, just straighten it out. Because you'll still get the benefit of this pose. And you'll put the cushion behind the right knee. And see if your elbow can reach the cushion. I don't know. I might need a cushion tower. I don't know if that's possible. And, and if possible, let your head come onto your hands. Uh, do you need a cushion tower? You can turn the cushion on its side to like turn it up tall. Okay. So here, what do we have? The right side's compressed and the left side's extended. That's our theme today. Reach up that left arm. Ooh la la. Two breaths here, two full breaths. Okay, come on up. Switch a roux on the legs. Do what you can with the cushions. And again, if this knee is bothering you, straighten it out, the bent knee. And you're going to have your left elbow on the cushion. Cushion can be turned tall. Let your head rest down. Yeah, like you were casual watching TV. (laughs) This is how you watch TV, isn't it? We have on this side the left side compressed and the right side extended. And then some of you already did this, but let's uh, pick up that right arm up. Two breaths. Amana? Next. Onto your back, sunny side up. Is it your sunny side? Uh-huh. Ah. Oh, look at the time. Okay. So, um, if your body feels like it needs to have the knees into the chest for a moment, uh, some of you might like to squeeze the knees into the chest just for your lower back on the floor. Is the sun okay? You might need to move your face out of the sun. Yeah, just scooch forward. You need sunglasses for that location. And then we are now shifting towards our relaxation pose. Corpse pose. It's called in the yoga tradition, Shavasana. So for some people, lying flat is uncomfortable, and you could put a a cushion under your knees or a pillow under your head or both, and you could put a sweater on because the body temperature does drop or put your socks on. Uh, 
Make no efforts here. For some people, this pose is natural. It's like fish to water. And for others of you, it feels um, challenging. And that's okay. That's normal, too. I've been teaching long enough to know that's normal, too. If you... If you feel like um, your eyes aren't ready to close, that can happen sometimes. If you feel like your eyes aren't ready to close, you can just look around for a second. That's fine. And let your lips relax. Let your jaw soften a bit. And is it possible to somehow even relax your teeth? Somehow unstick your brain from the inside of your skull.
Before you get up, notice if you're not angry. Notice if you're not greedy or wanting. Now, you might be either of those things, but you might not, so notice. Without trying to fix it, just notice. Not anger here. Take a deep breath. You'll bend your knees one at a time and place your feet on the floor. And then roll to your right side. as you're ready, you'll come up to a seated position. So you'll make your way up, and if you would like to meditate in a chair, you'll just leave your stuff, so there's not so much rigmarole, and go sit in a chair. If you'd like to sit on the floor, you can organize your cushions. You can sit cross-legged, or you can kneel. If you have the tendency to fall asleep, you might meditate with your eyes open today.
And then I'm going to offer some mudra, some hand positions to help focus the heart, the mind. Uh, You're welcome to participate or not. The first one is for the heart, and you take the middle two fingers, so the middle finger and the ring finger on both hands, and you connect those to your thumb. Okay, and the other fingers are kind of in like a rock-on position. Yeah. And you'll have the right arm up high by your heart and the left hand down low by your navel. Let your mind and heart rest like a butterfly. Lightly. And then the right hand, palm out, up by your shoulder, facing forward. Left hand, palm up on your leg, your lap somewhere. No fear. No fear. as a sort of poetic instruction, as if you could breathe through your hands. No fear. When you're ready, hands can come down. You're welcome to work with those mudras at any time. So today, when the mind starts to think, thank it. It's the mind trying to help you out. So thank the mind when you notice it's wandered off, or in particular if it's judging how well you're doing. Say thank you. And then come back to the felt experience of space and silence. Or thusness. Or the non-conceptual. 
the aliveness. You can also experiment today with sounds, hearing, space between the sounds. Testing, 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 one, two, three, check, microphone check, testing, one, two, three, testing, one, two, three, check, microphone check. Testing.
Just right here, this moment.
the last few minutes, include everything in the meditation full. There's a pain in your body or your heart. Acknowledge it without fixating on it. Include your heart, include my voice. Include the sounds inside and outside the room. Include your breath. So at this point in the class, we uh, roll up the mats and gather up here a little bit closer, sort of in a clump, so the chairs will come forward. We can roll up and put away the mats. If you want to stay on the floor, that's fine. Keep your cushions, but we can just roll up the mats and come in.
While we're still waiting for everybody to get settled, there's no rush. But I'm just wondering if there's any comments or questions about the meditation or about meditation in general. It doesn't have to be, but I wanted to give space just in case. Do I see a hand? No. Oh, all right. Yeah, Thelma. Difference in when I sit there. Ah. And it's really made a difference for me. Yeah. So today, one of the things I'm going to talk about is this is like a perfect segue. Thank you. <laughs> I want to talk about. Um, the difference between, um, there's many ways to talk about it, but the difference between um, our thoughts about what's happening and what's actually happening. Because there's a difference. I'll explain it more. We'll talk about that more. I think that could take a little while to explain. Anything else? But thank you. I'm glad that was helpful for you. About the meditation? Yeah? Okay. There doesn't have to be. You can ask me after, too, if you're too shy to speak in front of, or the question doesn't formulate. I'm here after, too, or before. Um, At this point in the class, we share names. We say names just to welcome everybody into the room, to welcome the new people, and to get um, an opportunity for those of us that come regularly to actually learn names. That's the idea. We do a call and response. Um, So it goes something like this. Ashley. Very lovely. And, um, and there is a mic. Because of the, the high ceiling, the sound gets lost without the mic. Mark. Mark. Amy. Amy. Adam. Cecily. Lori. Mason. Megan. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly. Gay. Molly. Molly. Karen. Janice. Janice. Caroline. Caroline. Pamela. Pamela. Scarlett. Adele. Lana. Carol. Anne. Thelma. Joe. Cornelia. Casey. Mark. Bruce. Jane, Cheryl, Helen, Nan, Amy,
Welcome, everyone. Um, so today's topic, the, the, um, sometimes there's different language, the conditioned, so we have conditioned reality. Conditioned reality is just reality as we know it. And we, um, it gets called conditioned because everything arises due to conditions. So your hair color is due to your genetics or the hair dye or the person that invented hair dye or your age. Right, so everything arises due to different conditions. So even sitting here is due to the fact that you had the thought to come, but also that your parents were born and that you live in this area and that Jack Cornfield in the 60s went to Asia. So everything arises due to conditions. This is just like regular reality. And then we have something that's talked about, which is very... Um, I think it's very difficult to talk about because it's not a thing. Because everything that I can talk about are things. But the unconditioned, that which isn't due, arising due to conditions, that which um, is vast or unchanging, but that is even confusing because I'm like, what, it would be a thing that's vast or unchanging. Or sometimes it's talked about as silent. Or we could talk about it as a conceptual world and non-conceptual. So just bear with me as we talk about it, but it's understand that it's something that's not quite like pin and downable. It's more a sense, a felt sense. So um, I was uh, looking through my Mary Oliver poetry, as I am wont to do, and I found this poem, and I thought she explained this very well. Um, and she calls this one both worlds. So conditioned and unconditioned. Both worlds. Forever busy, it seems, with words. Finally, I put the pen down and crumple most of the sheets and leave one or two, sometimes a few, for the next morning. Day after day, year after year, it has gone on this way. I rise from the chair, I put on my jacket, and leave the house for that other world, the first one, the holy one, where the trees say nothing, the toad says nothing, the dirt says nothing, and yet what has always happened keeps happening. The trees flourish. The toad leaps, and out of the silent dirt, the, bled, the blood-red roses rise. So, sometimes when I go on a hike, I don't know, this might happen to you, where I feel like I'm sort of, like all my thoughts and my concerns are going, and at some point, usually like halfway through, some days maybe even almost like towards the end, it will clear, and the world opens up. Has this happened to any of you? Like the world just opens, and the trees are shining, like that thusness, or it gets talked about as silence, that which is beyond our thoughts about it. So uh, I wanted to talk about that today, even though it's not a thing to talk about. Um, and then 
also talk about this uh, thing, our, our thinking mind. Some of you might know the word papancha. I love this word, papancha. I like saying it, papancha. So it's part of, um, the word is from the, the scriptural language that the Buddhist teachings are originally handed down to us. The scriptural language is Pali. And um, papancha is a Pali word that means the conceptual proliferation of thoughts. Are you familiar with this? The proliferation, you perhaps maybe experienced some papancha just now. It's, uh, it's habitual, it's ongoing, it's often, it's, it's, it's not necessarily about anything, but it just, it goes and goes. Sometimes um, papancha can be quite painful, like the looping about the thing that happened that was really upsetting, or the thing that you did, or the, right? So I think you're familiar with this papancha. Sometimes papancha can be quite pleasant and entertaining. So this is a funny story, and I'm going to tell it because we're all friends. But. So the other day, I ride, I live in the East Bay, and I like to ride uh, my bike around. It's an electric bike. It's very fun. And um, I was riding from Emeryville to where I live in Richmond, which is about an hour ride. And I got papancha for almost the whole ride. My mind was just going about how someday somebody was going to leave me. It was sort of unspecific who the person was, was going to leave me $100,000. It was very specific. I was going to get $100,000, and then I was going to buy a house, and I like figured out which house I would buy and where it was going to be and when I was going to move in and who was are you familiar with this? Kind of papancha? It's vaguely entertaining, right? But it really takes me into the conceptual. This hasn't happened. It might never happen. It's, uh, it's taking me away from actually being present and alive on my bike, seeing the flowers that were really there, right? So it's this papancha. Other times it can be so painful, this self-judging, ongoing thing. Papancha is one way that we create a sense of self. Uh, We think ourselves into being. I like this. I don't like this. I did that. This person did this to me. I'm going to do this. This happened to me. We create ourselves with this papancha, this ongoing. Now, to be clear, there are other kinds of thought. We can have um, quite clear reflective thought that's like where we sit down and we have something and we think about it and it's clear and it's not this sort of habitual. Uh, Papancha sometimes can be like um, like Niagara Falls and other times it can be like just a little bit of a little spring coming up, but it's this sort of habitual, ongoing thing. And through this, um, we are creating ourselves. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying that you're not sitting here and that you don't have a story and that things haven't happened to you, but... Um, there's a difference between our thoughts about ourselves and ourselves. So, for example, I can tell you about my mother. She's uh, about 5'7". She's got hair that's similar to my color. It's short, and she's very uh, gentle, and she likes to do lots of knitting and sewing. And um, So I can tell you all about my mom. I can tell you lots of conceptual things about my mother. 
that is very different than my mother sitting next to me holding my hand, right? So there's a difference between our thinking and the experience of aliveness. All of my stories about my mother are just that. They're stories. They're different than the living, breathing, felt reality of my mother. In the same way, all of your stories about yourself, they're different than actually who you are. Yeah? So um, I was trying to point to this a little bit in the yoga. Instead of thinking about doing the yoga, let's feel it. We can do this right now. We can notice what it's like to sit here in this group together. And it's different than our thoughts about it. Like you're going to go home maybe and tell somebody like, oh, I went to class and this happened and this happened. That's different than actually being here and feeling it. It's much more alive and rich. Okay? So our thoughts, our concepts about reality are different. So when we look at a sense of self, it's constructed. It's constructed. And it's different than who we are. This is a teaching around not-self, which sometimes gets confusing. It doesn't mean that you're not sitting here. It just means that who we are is a little different than who we think we are. One of my favorite quotes from uh, the Buddha, from the text, are, the Buddha said, Things are not what they seem, nor are they otherwise. You are not what you seem, nor are you otherwise. It's paradoxical. It's not scientific. It's paradoxical. So, um, okay, I'm going to say something. You have to think about it and see if you agree with it. The cessation of the sense of self is peace. So like when I go on that hike, and the papancha stops, the conceptual stops, and then the world opens up, it's peace. So, um, how many times in one day does the self get born and then die? I don't mean die like literally die, but like these stories about ourselves. Did you ever get wrapped up in a story about yourself? I'm this way, I'm always this way. And then without even noticing, something else happens and that goes away for a little while. So who we are is mysterious and changing all the time. And that many times, many, many times, all the times, um, this sense of self actually shifts all the time. It's shifting all the time. We forget to notice. So this was why during, at the end of the Shavasana, I said, notice if you're not angry. Notice if you're not greedy. Our minds hook onto this papancha about I'm the angry person, I'm the greedy person, I'm the anxious person, I'm the fill in the blank, whatever it is about yourself. And it, I'm uh, giving negative examples, but there could be positive examples too. But we forget to notice when those things aren't happening. And when we begin to notice, there can be space. Right, The sense of self eases, and there can be a sense of space, or the unconditioned can come through. So it's not that as we begin to uh, step onto the spiritual path and practice that we're going to get 
somewhere, I'm going to become a more peaceful person. That's a papancha. That's a story. The Buddha talks about, he called himself the Tathagata. The Tathagata. He said that means um, that which is present now and alert, conscious now. So pointing to the nowness, the thusness. Not I am peaceful. He didn't say I am peaceful. He said, I am the Tathagata, that which is present. So we can right now sense into that. In the yoga tradition, um, it's talked about sometimes as the fullness. I like this word, fullness. So the fullness of this moment, you can include in this moment right now, like while we're sitting here right now, my voice, your heart, if you've got a pain in your head, uh, your breath, if there's peacefulness. Right? So that's the thusness, the right nowness. It's not about some future time. It's really pointing us to right now. So rather than describing through stories, through papancha, through proliferation, the instruction is to be with the reality. So to be with my mother rather than my thoughts of my mother. To be with myself rather than the thoughts of myself. So we establish awareness in the present moment. So Ajahn Sumedho, do you all know him? Some of you might know him. He's a Western man. I think he's, he's a monk, and I think he's been a monk for, what, 50 years probably? Yeah, something. He's been practicing for a long time. He says, conditions arise and cease. So it's not a matter of getting rid of them. They simply go. Conditions arise and it's not a matter of getting rid of them. You don't have to get rid of the shadow parts of yourself. They come and they go. Yeah? He also says, our minds are opening wide, becoming receptive. There is intelligence there. There is great beauty there. It is universal. And we never really notice that our minds have the capacity to know this whole experience. We're always stuck in the, in the concepts. This happened, I saw that, that was a beautiful butterfly or tree or this thing. And we forget to notice like there's a kind of knowingness or fullness that's there. And that the mind has a great uh, natural peace that's the silence that's um, beyond the papancha, it's like the space between the thoughts, the space between the conceptual, this, um, this mind that we have that's a miracle. So as we walk on the spiritual path, um, this, I talked about this metaphor a few weeks ago, and I really like this metaphor. This metaphor is spiritual practice being a practice of putting ourselves in the river and letting the river take us to the ocean. All rivers go to the ocean. Rather than the spiritual metaphor of I'm going to climb a mountain, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to ascend, I'm going to get to the top. Not many people can get there because it's hard and it's very high and there's not much space up there. Do you see the difference? This is a story about me 
right? The mountain climbing rather than I'm going to get in the river and the river will take me there. So our practice is about staying in the river. How do you stay in the river? You come, I'm assuming you know, you came to class this morning. You go on hikes. You listen to Dharma talks. You put the conditions in place for awakening to happen. So uh, this uh, nourish and protect. There was a big shift for me recently in my meditation practice when I started thinking of meditation as an opportunity for half an hour or 20 minutes or however long I was sitting to nourish and protect rather than to fix and improve. Right? Like, oh, and my mind's trying to protect me with the proliferation. So we're not trying to uh, repress the proliferation, nor are we trying to indulge it. We are not, you know, like, uh, sometimes this can happen like, stop, you know, like we tell the mind to stop as a stop, as a stop, as a stop, or we indulge it. Like I told about like on my bike ride, I was indulging the mental proliferation. So the path through isn't repression, nor is it, um, is it indulgence, but it's just understanding that that's, it's just what it is. It's proliferation is happening and it's not so important to pay attention to. There are other things we can choose where to direct our attention. So just even sitting here right now, I could stop for a minute and you could start some thinking and you could pay attention to that or you could pay attention to the feeling in your hand or you could pay attention to the thusness of this moment. Do you see what I mean? Like we have the capacity. So with the papancha, it's not about trying to make it stop. That's like trying to stop Niagara Falls. Like our minds think in the same way the stomach digests. It's a natural function. We don't need to try and make it stop. We need to understand that it's not... So important. We don't have to pay all that attention to it. There's a bumper sticker. Don't uh, don't believe everything you think, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just it's thinking. Thinking will come and it will go. Um, so this idea of just getting in the river and letting the river take you. And, and sometimes, to be clear, sometimes the river is intense. And there are class five rapids. I don't know if there's higher ones, and I don't know anything about it. But right, like, and then other times the river is very placid. But we just need to get in the river. I was thinking about this other metaphor too. How, like, if I have a cut, if I leave the cut alone, the cut will heal. It just happens. In the same way, if I leave my heart and my mind alone, if I don't pick at myself, I'll heal. And some people don't like this word heal, but right, like this nourish and protect or this heal. It's not so much about what you're going to do or what you're going to get. It's about seeing the mystery, the silence. It's about seeing that we're not who we think we are. Um, Let's see how we're doing. Okay. There's another sort of tangential thought. I gave this talk on Wednesday night, and it came up in the room. So people were asking about, um, you know, um, we have therapy and psychological growth, and those are important um, places for us to heal. Like, um, there's wounds that can happen to us. Trauma can happen to us. It's very important to heal those. But spiritual awakening um, is different 
Spiritual awakening is seeing that all those wounded places, that's not who we are. That there's a silence, that there's something bigger and more mysterious. It's about letting go of that uh, tight, clenched-in sense of self and coming into natural peace and seeing the natural peace that's here. So I'm not saying that you need to give up therapy if you're in therapy. Therapy's good. It's good. It's healed me. I go to therapy all the time, actually. But that is um, slightly different than awakening. Do you understand the difference? Does that make sense? Okay. Both, I think, you know, the conditioned reality. We do live in conditioned reality. Therapy can be helpful or whatever self-help. But also, if we get out of the way, the cut will heal. If we get out of the way, our hearts will heal. We should trust that. That's what I have for us today. I'm wondering if there are any comments or questions (coughs) about the whole thing. First person is the brave person. Yeah. Say your name, too. I think that's nice. So we can know who's talking, Mark. <laughs> Mark. I was just curious. That Luke thing kind of resonated where you just, you know, like, I think I react to it that way where I yeah. feel threatened and then I can't let it go. I just think, yeah. about, it, think about it. So I'm wondering, is there any way to, I mean, about the only way I can try and do it is have compassion for where uh, it's coming from. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, it's not easy. Yeah, that was beautiful. I mean, you answered yourself, right? Have compassion. I did not say it works. It it doesn't always work, (laughs) right? Have compassion. And then you also, um, I love how this practice is often talked about how we're growing the wings of compassion and wisdom so that our bird can fly. And you just said, have compassion and then understand what's going on about the threat. So you just said right there, join compassion and wisdom together. Um, And so then when the papancha is um, stifling and looping and intense, that's a great question, actually, for the group. What what do we do? What do we do? Amy's got something right away. I was actually going to say something, but it's kind of an answer to that, too. Um, I was going to say, like, in another kind of meditation. Is it not on? Yeah, bring it. Do we need it? We do. That's because they were saying they couldn't hear. Sometimes if the battery goes out, it starts to turn out. Yeah. Um, So I do another meditation. It's sort of a Tibetan Buddhist-style meditation. And part one of the chants at the beginning is that you always do the prayer of dedication and Uh that the whole purpose before you do the meditation to set your intention that um, you would achieve enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. Right. And that enlightenment is a potential within all beings, right. within yourself. Within, and then you go through the meditation of you know, um, purifying your energy by sending it out to all the enlightened beings that have right. ever come, that were, ever will come. That, right. And that's just like, that's in you, that's in you. It's even in that person that's threatening you, but they may not be in a super enlightened state when they're right. threatening you. But um, but for me, that's a way of letting go that kind of patterning that right. happens. Right. Um, because ultimately, it's just kind of all those, all those different states are 
potentials within right. yourself right. and within other, yeah. other people and yeah. other beings. So, um, yeah, so that's beautiful. So we have not a lot, it's not talked about a lot in this tradition, the, the bodhisattva, this sort of vowing. Um, it's, it's, it is in our tradition, but it's more emphasized in the Tibetan and the Zen traditions, the Mahayana, this uh, vowing to awaken for the benefit of others, this vowing to practice for the benefit of others. And do you hear what that's doing? It's letting go of that sense of I'm doing this for me and pointing to, towards that place of peace where we're not so worried about what we're getting. Um, and that can be very beautiful and very skillful. And then I was also thinking when you were talking about like how do we do this, we do it with the Eightfold Path. We do it with intention, with wisdom, with uh, wise livelihood, with wise speech, wise action, with meditation, with wise mindfulness and concentration and effort. So the Buddha laid out, he, he laid out all these practices for us to, to do, to cultivate. And then the specifics, when the papancha arises... Right, so there are specific things. I think what you're talking about, this bodhisattva vow. Um, sometimes we need to do some physical exercise, actually, right, to help get that energy out, um, to not hold, not take it so personally. And then I found actually to be really, really helpful. To be quite honest, is going to uh, somatic-oriented therapy, where it's not just talk, 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 story, story, story but the kind of therapy where we stop and we actually feel the feelings. Often, and I think this is something that I actually invite you to take on as homework, um, but often the papancha is a defense mechanism against a feeling. And so it's the mind doing its best to try and protect us. So it's just a little misguided. It's not actually helping. And that if we can get under the looping story, that can be one way to come into the body and feel, and actually feel what's going on underneath. Yeah. Anybody else? Comments, questions, practices, anything just to open the space? I'm sure there's lots of wisdom in the room. I've heard it week to week. Yeah. And say your name. Bruce, um, very good talk. Thank you. I'm a therapist, and something that I've been really excited about lately, and some of us in the room might be aware of this, there's a very, I think it's a very exciting model of working with people called internal family systems. Yeah, I've heard about this Dick recently. Schwartz's IFS. Yeah. And the idea is basically that we have a core self, all of us, no matter how screwed up, quote-unquote, we might think we are, right. whatever diagnosis we might have or whatever, but that there's all these parts of us that are very real and very normal. You know, they're not, it's not multiple personality disorder. Right, right. But it's just a very cool model because and it, it uses, you know, intense awareness, mindfulness of getting to know these parts of ourselves, how they interact, and then working with the relationships they have with each other. Ah. It's, it's really cool because right. it's just so respectful and right. non-pathologizing. right. And very, very, it's like a great tool in terms of getting boundaries around all these different parts of us, these little personalities, right. getting to know them, again, not judging them, non-judgmental awareness. And then again, you, then you can take it to the next level and start to see how they interact. You can ask permission. It's always very gentle, very respectful. So the inner critic, most of us have a very a brutal inner critic, 
hey, inner critic, can you just step back for a second? Will you, would you be willing to right. do that and let maybe a wounded part of us step out a little bit rather than be so protective, et cetera? Right. So it's just it, really a beautiful thing. It sounds beautiful. Thing. So yeah. <clears throat> I wanted to share that. Yeah, Nan wants to talk, say something too. I just wanted to add to that that um, you were saying how that's just the mind doing what it thinks is the most useful thing in the moment. What makes the IFS model so compassion-based and benevolent is the fundamental premise that whatever our parts are manifesting, it's in the belief that it's um, fundamental to the survival of our system. Uh. So it's right. in support, not in um, attack. Right, right. It's so often we attack, like we attack the parts of ourselves we don't like, and it can be quite. Um, actually, it can it it, it can be quite um, obvious and profound, but there can be little, like subtle ways where we are just always kind of putting ourselves down, like these, like I should be different, I should be different, when really the instruction from Ajahn Sumedho is to just see that these are always going, and it sounds like this family systems um, is also very respectful. So we're not indulging the papancha, nor are we repressing it, and we're going to mess up, like we're not always going to be in that middle place, but that's what we're going for. It's beautiful, thing. All material is welcome. All parts are welcome. All parts are welcome. Yeah. Yeah. That takes courage. Warrior two courage. <laughs> okay. So um, I have a couple of announce- announcements, and then we'll do a very brief closing, if I could have your attention for just a little bit more time. Um, this class next Friday is the last Friday that we are meeting. So please come next Friday. We're going to do a closing ritual. The class is going to start the following week, happening on Thursdays at 10 a.m. So hopefully the class time can work for you to switch. So the first Thursday in May will be in this room. And I'm very sorry. I do apologize deeply to those of you that can't make the switch because I know like, change is hard, and this is, uh, for a lot of people, their class. So this is... Yes, yeah, so the class is changing because um, we need the bigger space, and on Fridays, the hall, um, the Spirit Walk wants to have programming that's um, in, in this space, so we need to move to Thursday so we can always have this space, so that, yeah, well, so that this, right, so that it's sustainable, because we want the Dharma to spread, and we want this organization to continue, so it's really for the good of the organization to continue. And so that's a big announcement. That's the big thing. And then um, I am teaching coming up in May in the East Bay. I'm doing a, I think it's a two and a half hour workshop called the Joys of Mindfulness. Well, we'll do, I'll talk about mindfulness and we'll do some yoga and some mindfulness meditation. And so if you know or would like to come or know somebody in the East Bay that is interested in mindfulness, there's a couple flyers out on that little table there. So you can pick up one of those. And if they get all taken, come talk to me, and I'll make sure you get that information. What was the date again? May 21st. And it's a Sunday afternoon, like at 1, I think, something like that. Um, And then uh, as far as the class, if you hadn't paid, there's a basket at the back if you could make sure you pay just to support the facility and me, honestly. And then um, cushions uh, need to be put back and chairs stacked. 
And I think that's all. Did I miss any? I gave your announcements too, Carolyn. I, think you, I, I, think covered, I covered everything. All right, so just uh, find. Oh, you have another one? It's really lovely, the volunteers, because I come and I know that the class will be set up and happening, and it's a way to feel like you're participating. So if you can come on Thursdays, that's good. Okay, so let's close. So find your uprightness. And just notice that you're sitting here, and class is ending. And this sense of sitting in this group together, we've come together. So may you be as safe as possible. And may you be healthy and strong in your heart and your body. May you know great natural peace, the silence of the unconditioned. If there are any blessings, any benefits arising from this practice period, let's offer that out into the world as if we could spread that out like fairy dust into the world. May all beings everywhere know peace and the causes of peace. Thank you so much. I will see you next Friday. If you can come, please do come. And if not, I will see you on Thursday mornings then. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed to continue these offerings, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.